You see how it was written? He didn't say peace on earth. He said on earth peace. God said I'm writing the wrong, folks. And then he said the reason for it. I want that relationship back. Goodwill towards men. From the Father to the Son. From the Son to the people. From the people to the Son. From the Son to the Father. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Master. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. One of my all-time favorite Christmas shows. Now, I want you to know, I I was reading the story about Charles Schultz. When they first did this program, the Charlie Brown Christmas, CBS, I think, is who aired it. It might have been ABC or NBC. There was only three back then. And uh, they, they did everything they could do to make this less godly and less Christian. And Charles Schultz said, no, if you want it, this is what it's going to be. And he was popular enough at the time that, that they wanted it. And uh, they wanted everything they could do with the Peanuts gang and Charlie Brown and stuff because they knew it would be a huge success. And so they said, okay. And I'm always, this was always the part that I loved is when Linus, the most quiet of the bunch, but yet the most philosophical and almost the most intelligently godly of all of the depictions. And Charlie Brown stands up, and he, you know, they, they bought the little tree, you know, the little tree that bent over. Everybody's seen the Charlie Brown Christmas. Anybody not seen it? If you haven't, go home and watch it. He buys this little tree, and he said, even this little tree needs a friend, and we know the story. And all of, the, all of them rejected the little tree because it wasn't the image of what they thought Christmas was about. Now, I want you to hear that because I'm going to be preaching about that for the next four weeks. That image of what Christmas is really all about. And Charlie Brown and Linus walked away with the little tree And the whole gang walked away laughing and mocking and jeering. And Linus took his little blanket. One of the only times Linus departed himself from that blanket of security. You know what the imagery of it was? He said, I have my security someplace else. And he took that little blanket and he wrapped it around the tree. And what happened to that tree? And to the security of Christ, it raised right back up. There's some of you out here that you've got security in all kinds of stuff. You're trusting in all kinds of stuff. 
But you need to understand that the security blanket of God's grace is wrapped tightly around you. And if you'll just realize that, loud and proud in the crowd, you will stand. Charlie Brown said these immortal words. Does anyone know what Christmas is all about? And then Linus stands up. And he reads Luke chapter 2. I'm going to leave that up there for just a second. Joseph also went up from Galilee. Thanks, Chris, for just leaving that up there. Out of the city of Nazareth in Judea to the city of David, they called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David, he went to be registered, as was commanded, with his, wife, his betrothed wife, Mary, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock at night. And can you hear Linus? And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. And a host of angelic beings joined them on the hillside. And they all sang and they worshipped and they resonated these words. I bring you good tidings, great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And he says, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly all the hosts of angelic beings began to praise God and sing. And the resolution of God's gift resonated on the hillsides. Glory to God in the highest. And I want you to underline this in your notes. On earth peace. Goodwill Toward men. Pastor, why are you having us underline that? Because unlike Christmas of 2018, there was a great gift given. And the gift was the only thing. Now listen to this. We, we think he means peace on earth. No. On earth, God is righting the wrong. You see how it's written? He didn't say peace on earth. He said on earth peace. God said I'm writing the wrong, folks. And then he said the reason for it. I want that relationship back. Goodwill towards men. From the Father to the Son. From the Son to the people. From the people to the Son. From the Son to the Father. What is Christmas really all about? Can I talk to you for a few minutes today about that? 
Because I think you and I, if I was to ask 20 different people, I would get 20 different views of Christmas, Christians included. They seemingly understand the meaning of Christmas, but in pastoring for the three plus decades that I have pastored, I wonder really how much we understand the meaning of Christmas. We get lost in the moment. We get lost in the, in the, uh, the, the celebration. We get lost in the jubilation. We get lost in the lights. And the t- and folks, me too. I love driving through the countryside and through the city streets and stuff and looking at all the decorations. And, and what, my, my, my wife and I and, and Bill and Sue, our friends from Kingman, uh, we just drove through Little America last night for the fourth time. Matthew records it this way, behold the virgin, I want you to underline those two words in your notes, the virgin shall bring forth a child and bear a son, and what is the name? Well, Jesus, what is the name? Emmanuel which the definition is given, God with us. God was having such a difficult, no, he's not wringing his hands, but everything was plainly laid out for centuries, for millennia. And man wasn't getting it. They thought they could live any way they want to and God was still going to be okay. So finally God said, well, I guess I'll have to come and not just tell them how to live. I've got to show them how to live. So he came and walked amongst us, showing us how to live. That's where we get the word Christian. You know, it's not the word religion. I, you know, and, and you all have heard me talk about this, and I won't belabor it this morning. But today we've turned Christian into Christ follower. Now, that's a wonderful sentiment, and that's a wonderful idea, but I've followed lots of things over the years until I didn't like them. I know lots of cardinal followers until they're having a bad season. I know lots of, uh, I'm not a big sports guy, so what are the basketball teams called? Suns. Suns, yeah. Diamondbacks. Until they're having a bad season. So what happens when you're following Jesus and it doesn't work the way you think it should? You see, the difference between a Christ follower and a Christian is one is Christ-like always and the other is Christ-like when it feels good. You see, folks, the Bible's very clear. Charlie Brown, he's walking away with this little tree. Everybody's mocking. Everybody's jeering. Everybody's laughing. Ladies and gentlemen, you're walking around with the one that hung on the tree. You'll get mockery. You'll get laughter. You'll get jeering. But God said, don't worry. I'm going to wrap you in the blanket of my security and the blanket of my grace. And don't worry. They may try to tear you down, but I'm going to hold you up. 
I am, Hensley. Now let me talk to you about Christmas. Let me talk to you about Christmas. I can't talk to you about Christmas without talking to you about one of those, those big words that we really have a struggle worth with, and that's that word is called the incarnation. The incarnation is, is depicted by those three simple words that we find in Matthew 1, 23, God with us. You see, the incarnation, just in simple, literal uh, terms today, is the day that God became a man. That's what the incarnation means. He stepped out of eternity into time. He stepped out of divinity into humanity. Jesus. Remember? The virgin with child. And you shall call that child's name what? Emmanuel, which means God with us, Jesus. The second part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, not three entities, not three symbols, not three aspirations or, or spiritual, no, three persons, Jesus, the second one in the Godhead said, Dad, I know how much you love him. I love him that much too. I'm going to take care of this problem that they caused. Think about it. It's in your notes. He left his throne in heaven for a manger of hay. He went from the presence of angels to the cave filled with animals. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. He who sustained the world with a simple word is now dependent upon a young virgin. Some people have a hard time believing the virgin birth. Let me say this unequivocally right now without reservation. If you do not believe in the virgin birth, you cannot be a Christian. You cannot be a child of God. You have to believe that that happened. Why? It's part of the incarnation. Let me explain. The incarnation makes sense, makes perfect sense when you begin to think about it. You see, if God chose to, he could have sent a ray of light down and said, beam him down, Michael. Okay, for some of you not old enough for Star Trek. <clears throat> he could have just came down in a shaft of light, fully man, full grown, full divinity, fully man, fully God. But then who could relate to him? Am I making sense? Who could relate to him? Folks, there's enough people out crying aliens. If Jesus came into the world that way, who could have related to him as a person, as any part of mankind? Why? It wouldn't be natural. There's something not right. Okay, let me share it this way. See, the incarnation per makes perfect sense. He, he could have been born of two ordinary human people and still had his divine nature. But what would have happened? Most would have, would have doubted his divinity. How can John be any different? I mean, come on. The Savior of the world. I know his mom and dad. 
They dealt with it already. Isn't this the carpenter's son? The fact was, it wasn't the carpenter's son. It was the father's son through a virgin. You see, this is why the incarnation, God stepping out of eternity into time, makes so much sense. What God did was humbled himself. The Bible says it this way, he made himself a little lower than the angels. And he took on human form. He stepped out of eternity and became humanity. The true mystery of the incarnation. And I want you to hear this, please. We find it outlined in, in Matthew 1.23. The true mystery of humanity, of, of the incarnation, is that God loved us so much to step into us, to walk with us, to help us, to know how to love Him. And I have this in your notes because this is why we celebrate Christmas. And Christian, listen to me. The word Christian means Christ-like. I've had people over the years, you mean if, if I'm a Christian and I'm not living Christ-like, then I'm not a Christian? Don't even have to answer that question. Are you with me? I got three amens right there. Okay, good. I got a few more. I left this in your notes, and I want you to underline it. And because the Father gave life a gift, we now have the gift of life. Let's go back to that passage, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. Why are the angels shouting and singing? Not just because Jesus came, but they knew why Jesus came. He came to on earth bring peace and to put goodwill back between God and man. One amen. That's worth the entire sermon. Now I'm going to depict it up on the screen as Philippians. Look at this. Though he was God, speaking of Jesus, though he, I'll take the he out and put Jesus, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I'm already God. I don't have to prove that to anybody. Okay, look what it says here next. Instead, he humbled, he gave up his divine privileges. He separated the divinity to walk into humanity. He took the humble position of a slave. What kind of slave? A slave to sin. He had to take on the same nature that we have. For us to be able to defeat the nature through him. He had to deal with the nature, fight the nature, overcome the nature. That through him we could come over to the winning side. The goodwill to men. Am I making sense this morning? Okay. 
He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Now, if you all noticed in the notes, you got dot, dot, dot. That means I'm dropping down a couple verses. That's all that means. All the passage is still there. It's all in context, but I try to fit it into your sermon notes. Okay? He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. What does that literally mean? The book of Deuteronomy says, cursed is everyone that hung upon a tree. Let me say this. If God chose to satisfy the penalty for sin on a rock, you know how Jesus would have died? On a rock. If God chose to satisfy the penalty of sin in the ocean, you know how Jesus would have died? Walk the plank, matey. I'm sorry, that was a little humor there. It, yeah. You got it. But what's it say? He humbled himself in obedience to God. What is that saying? He didn't have to do it. He could have said, Dad, they ain't worth it. Let's start over. How many today would be grateful that he didn't start over? He humbled himself in obedience to God and died the criminal's death. Cursed, it, cursed is everyone that hung upon the tree. What they do in the Old West day? They hung them high. What they do in the Roman day? They crucified them. It's interesting, they always did it on a tree. You think that's coincidence? Therefore, because of all of this, therefore, God elevated his name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess. Now, let me break this down a little bit more to you, please. Look at this. Hello? Oh. He gave up his divine privileges. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I'm going to bring you in two biblical terms that we read and we say, what? And that is the word propitiation. Pastor Ray just used it this morning. The word propitiation, the Bible says he became the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. He became the instrument to remove the penalty of sin, the divine wrath of God. That's what the word propitiation means. So in this passage, it says he gave up his divine privileges. What does that mean? Very simply, if he did not step out of divinity, the sin could not have any effect on him. The Bible says that God cannot be tempted with sin. And then the second word is atonement. Another one of those words now, I'm going to ask you to write atonement on your notes or write it somewhere or think about it. The word atonement literally is broken from a phrase of three words that literally means at one with. At one with. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in highest. On earth, peace. Instead of goodwill, you can put at one with God. 
to make a way where there was no way. So another word for the term atonement is expiation. You have propitiation, you have expiation. Literally what it is, is the reparation of the penalty. He has repaired the relationship with God. Once again, Luke 2, 14. On earth, peace. God says, I'm sealing the relationship. I'm making things right. I'm taking what was and I'm dealing with it. I'm taking what was and it ain't going to be anymore. I'm taking what the enemy has done and what you gave into and I'm taking it away. Watch it and I might get excited this morning. What is Christmas really all about? I remember a little boy was having his, uh, our little girl was having a, uh, their family celebrated Christmas under the reality of what Christmas was really about. What they did is they threw a birthday party for Jesus every Christmas. An extra chair of honor was set at the table as a reminder of Jesus' presence at the place. There was a cake with candles along with singing, happy birthday, the expressions of the family's joy in Jesus' presence there once a year. This was done in recognizing Jesus' birth. Well, one year, Christmas came, and they were sitting there, and they had a visitor. And a little five-year-old Ruth, the person came up to her, the visitor came up and said, Well, little Ruthie, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And without a moment's hesitation, she said, No, but it ain't my birthday. Can I tell you something? Sadly, Jesus doesn't get everything he wants on his birthday either. You say, well, Pastor, what could he possibly want? You. You may be in this room today. And you don't have on earth peace. You don't have that lioness blanket of security wrapped around you. You don't walk in goodwill with God. And you know what that does to Jesus? It's like another nail through his hands. Another thorn on his brow. Do we remember the real reason for Christmas? Am I making sense this morning? Do we remember the real reason for Christmas? I wrote in there my prayer, and I think I left it in your notes. I, I hope I did if I, if I didn't. But my prayer is this, folks. And it goes like this, and it's not the specific words, but I tried to write it down as best as I could. But it, Heavenly Father, Christmas began with the gift of your Son, who in turn gave the world the gift of his life. Let me always remember that Christmas remains, remains a matter of giving. Not parties, not presents, not material wealth. But let me always remember that Christmas is really about giving myself. Amen. Pastor Ray, once again in communion, touched on this. 
most people think that the whole idea of gift giving started with the Magi. But can I not say, in all that we have seen in God's Word, on earth peace, goodwill to men, does it not bear reality to say that the great gift and the reason for the gift began with Jesus? There was a young boy that his teacher was trying to teach the class the whole understanding of Christmas. And we don't, we don't like to look at Christmas from a perspective of sacrifice. But some of us sacrifice. We want to get the best gift we can for our wives, our husbands, our children. We want to do the best we can for our loved ones, our family, our friends. We want to go... And, and we put a word with that, and it's called sacrifice. Because some of us scrimp and save and, and, and do without that we might be able to do that special thing on that special day. Once again, I go to that, that blanket of security. Could you imagine the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit together for all eternity past? For a moment to have that ripped away from Him? An eternity present. I, I, I can picture the father. He knows it's going to be 33 in some years. We don't know the particular exact day. But could you imagine the father? He set the clock on heaven's wall. Because time's not affected to God. Time's affected for us. But because for that moment... Him and the son were going to be separated. And I'm not sure that the father watched the clock. But I can almost guarantee you he was always mindful of it. Because he understood the sacrifice. For what? For that special someone that's sitting in your chair. Amen. That special someone sitting in your chair. A little boy was watching, was listening to the teacher. She was talking about Christmas and the presents and Christmas Day. And the gift was, that the gift was an expression of, of our joy over the birth of Jesus and our friendship with each other. And Well, Christmas Day came, and all of a sudden this boy comes in. He is beaming from ear to ear, and he offers the teacher a gift. And the gift was a seashell, the most lustrous beauty that this woman had ever seen. And she looked at the little boy, she opened the gift and said, this is such a beautiful shell. Where? Where, where? where did you get this? And the little boy just proudly said, teacher, teacher this, this shell you could only find on a certain bay on the other side. And the teacher looked at it and she was just beside herself with the beauty. And she just said, it's It's gorgeous. But, but you should not have gone all the way for this gift. Just then the, just then the little boy's eyes just, just, as he said, teacher, the walk was part of the gift. He walked for miles. You know why? Because there was a special someone in his life. A teacher that said, I'm willing to give my all that you can learn. 
that one day you could give your all. Ladies and gentlemen, 2,000 years ago, the Father said, I love you so much. I'm willing to give my all. That one day, if you'll give it back to me, I will give my all and you will spend eternity with me. He said, I'm willing to step out of eternity into time just for you. As we begin this Christmas season, I want to ask you a simple question. What does Christmas mean to you? What, as Charlie Brown said, what is Christmas really all about? I've heard people say year after year, ah, this Christmas is the best. They have a good year and they're able to buy nice gifts. They're able to do something for somebody special. But folks, I, I can't help but to think that no matter how great they are, the first Christmas is still the best. The first Christmas is still the best. You see, Christmas is a time of giving, just like the Scripture declares. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And if you are like me, I can't wait to give gifts. My wife and I, when we were dating, uh, we, we dated for a couple years before we got married, and we met on June 15th. I remember it like it was yesterday. I walked into this room and, wow. Thumpity thump, thump, thumpity thump, thump, look at Frosty go. Thumpity thump, thump. Oh, man, I was thumping. TMI, Pastor. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Every month, I bought her a gift. I called it our month anniversary. I did that for almost two years. And then she said, I, I think we can stop now. But you know what was always so special to me is watching her eyes as she opened those gifts. Especially one that I gave her about a year after we started dating. It looked like an engagement ring. It actually wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't give her an engagement ring until about eight months later. And then I gave her a ring. But she looked at that and she looked at me. She looked at that. She was wondering if those words were going to follow. Happy month anniversary. Oh, I just, I love to give. I love to give. When I get something from someone, I want to see the joy in their eyes at my receiving it. I, I want to see that, that expression, but I want to look at the big picture just for a moment, okay? We talked about the incarnation a moment ago, and I want to bring that together as I close this morning. Think about it for a second. The wise men, they show up and they bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Think about it for a second. The wise men, they're showing up. And they have three unusual gifts to give to a baby. And I'm not going to get into the debate whether he was a year old or three years old. It, that makes no difference. They were still bringing these incredible gifts. Now, you think for a moment, 
Gold, okay. Frankincense, okay. Because they understood the scriptures. Gold for the king, frankincense for the high priest. What in the heck are we bringing myrrh for? You know what myrrh actually was at that time? An embalming fluid. I believe they had insight to who Jesus was. They came to find him who was king. They came to worship him as we saw there in Matthew chapter 2. We came, we followed his star and we have come to worship him. They gave, frank, uh, they, they gave gold because it was a proper gift for the king. They gave frankincense because it was a proper gift for the high priest who the Bible says very plainly was the fact of who he is, who he was. But they couldn't get their arms quite around why are we giving him myrrh. We know as the time went on, they realized it because he was going to die for the world, the sins of humanity. He was going to propitiate the sins that he could expiate our lives, get us back into right relationship. So today I ask you, what can we give to God? What do you give to the God who has everything? What does God want from us? Very simply, folks, he just wants us. I remember, I remember a, a, a little cartoon picture that I saw one day, and this this young this young boy, and he was standing there before Jesus, and he had his heart in his hand, and you could see, and he was wearing rags. He was wearing he had nothing, and he said, "Jesus, it's all I have." And Jesus said, "That's all I want," because you see, when you give your heart. Nothing else will stop your life. When you give your heart, the greatest gift that we can give to God is ourselves. The greatest gift that we can say to God is, God, I give you my life. I give you my talents. I give you my abilities. I give you my dreams. I give you my future. I give you my weaknesses, God. I give you myself. On Christmas, so many are in, immersed in gifts and gift-giving that they fail to celebrate. The greatest gift of all was the gift of God's Son. And what this gift actually cost the Father when He gave His Son. On earth, peace. He said, I'm going to deal with this thing once and for all. I'm going to bring peace back to the earth. But that peace wasn't the fact that you had no problems, that peace is that I'm going to put you back in right relationship with me through my son. I wrote a poem years and years ago, and I want to share it with you this morning. And I titled the poem Christmas Tears. I was thinking about this one day. As the worship team comes, I was thinking about this one day. What was it like on that Christmas morning? What was it like in that manger. What was it like? A regular baby? Yep. Just as human as you and I are. A regular birth? Probably so, just like you and I. The surroundings, the accommodations, not quite so regular. Yet, the lowliest 
place that he could possibly go to to show you that no matter where you've been, I've been there already. And so I thought about that, and I thought about this baby, and I figured the baby, Jesus, just like any other baby, laughed, cried, rejoiced, hurt. And so as I was thinking about it one day, God gave me this poem, and I want you to hear it. It's in your notes. In a manger, a stable of livestock and hay, the Savior, the Christ, was there born and lay. His eyes filled with tears of a mystery unknown, told by the prophets in a world not yet shown. A promise, a future, a hope through his blood, spoke by the Father in his Son through his love. The tears that filled his eyes told a secret that day of a time for mankind with all sins washed away. No more sorrow, no pain for the tears that would fall in a manger, in a stable. A baby's eyes saw a vision of suffering, a vision of pain, a vision of heartbreak, a vision of shame, a vision through eyes once filled with tears of mankind's sorrow and grief through the years, a vision of hope for mankind once lost. In baby's tears at Christmas, his eyes saw a cross. In all his life, I can picture him looking at that cross and looking around at mankind, saying, Dad, yeah, this is going to be a great Christmas. I'm going to give a gift that nobody else could give. I'm going to give a gift of life. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harden. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.